A few weeks ago, I sat down with Lily Biesinger, someone I had only met online previously, to talk all about macros. But we don't just talk mechanics or specifics about weight loss or dieting. We talk about why this movement in the health and dieting industry was such a good fit for her and for me, and how it taught her to give her body the best kind of fuel and why she's so passionate about putting good things inside our bodies. Lily really does feel like the kind of friend every girl would want when you watch her online, and I think you'll feel the same way too as you listen to her in this interview. I'm so excited to be here today with my new friend, Lily, who I found online just a few months ago. So say hi, Lily. Hi. Hi. And we're out in Palm Springs for a blog conference called Alt Summit, and this is where Lily lives, so it just really worked out perfectly to be able to meet up and do this little interview. And I've just felt from the moment I found you on Instagram, I found you through my sister when she told um, she told me I should follow you because I was starting to do macros. And so I've just loved you from the moment I found you. So thank you. Tell us about you, what you're up to and who you are. Well, I live out here near Palm Springs, not right in Palm Springs in a much like less charming spot in India, <laughs> but we like it. And I mean, I have four kids, ranging from four to 13, and I mean, I wasn't, like, looking for anything extra to do. I was just, like, busy with my kids, but I got really into macro counting a couple years ago, just, you know, through a friend, and um, that's ended up taking up a lot of my time last couple of years. I don't know what else what else is interesting about me besides that I should share with you. <laughs> no, that's great. So you started doing that, and you decided to just put it, I mean, was it like an Instagram account that you already had or did so, you just like start a new one and then do your blog or yeah, what I came first? Yeah, I started Instagram. So I, I mean, should I tell you, do sure. this like my macro story? Sure, yes. So I started, I think it was two and a half years ago. It was October. So it'll be three years in October. So whatever that is, it was just after Halloween. I'd come back from an Italy trip. We, Ross and I went to Italy and I felt fine. I wasn't like like I feel like there's a lot in this in like the fitness industry, especially where it's like everybody wants like the transformation or like you know like there has to be this huge transformation. And I wasn't I didn't have like tons of weight to lose. I was just like I'm just really normal. Like it just was really normal. Yeah. Just always wanting to feel a little better. Sometimes I was five or ten up, and sometimes I wasn't. And sometimes I felt like or I was the same, but I felt softer or whatever. So I come back from Italy and definitely felt like really full of like pasta and pizza and <laughs> a lot softer. And I, I'd actually been doing intermittent fasting. It's funny because it's so big now. And back then everybody thought that I was crazy. But I've been doing intermittent fasting for like five years, like a, like a pretty consistent that. And I thought I loved it because all the other days it was like I'd eat whatever. And I was mm-hmm. really into cooking. I've always really loved cooking. And so I loved making like rich, like all sorts of foods and homemade ricotta and like everything was drizzled with olive oil, you know, and I felt like that was like such an art to me. And I didn't want to worry about like, I never counted a calorie or anything. I didn't want to worry about anything. So I just used the fasting as kind of a method to stay pretty good, to feel pretty good. And um, I actually had a gallbladder issue and the doctor, so when I came back from Italy, tell me if this is like more than you want to know. It's perfect. Keep going. <laughs> I came back from Italy and I, or actually we had to postpone our trip to Italy because I was having this gallbladder issue. We almost didn't go. Had to like cancel all of our Airbnbs and our plane tickets. Almost went in for the surgery. Everything settled, decided not to have it. But the doctor had said he felt like fasting could have actually contributed to it oh. because anyway, physically whatever, because your, your digestion's like kind of shutting off for a while. And then it was like, I was having these issues with my gallbladder. So I felt like I needed a new method. And I came back from Italy feeling like just sort of out of sorts because we ended up being able to go. And a friend of mine had moved to Orange County and started Macro County. And what's funny about that to me is like, she left Orange County and it was like this joke. Three of us were really close and the two of us that were left here, her name was Brooke, but the friend that went to, I didn't say that because your sister, the friend that went to um, Orange County it was, she told us, like, when she got there, oh, this is the worst. I go to these parties, these, like, church parties, and I bring this big, beautiful salad, and this girl's, like, picking through and only eating the kale, not even eating the cheese. They're all, like, crazy about this macro thing. So we were all, like, totally annoyed with, like, macro counting. And, like, everybody in Orange County is, like, so perfect. Their bodies are so perfect. They're all doing this macro counting. What even is a macro? And then she ends up getting into it. I come back from Italy. She convinces us we've got to try it. And then I was, like, hooked. Loved it. Wow. I'll start with that. 
Cool. Okay. So like three years ago, you said. Yeah, I guess three years ago come October. So it's been like two and a half, I think. Okay. Okay, cool. And then you just were loving it. So you decided I'm going to make an Instagram yeah, account Yeah, sorry. About this. So I used a coach and it was just really like exciting to me because it, you know, you're always kind of trying new things and it was always like, I do paleo for a little bit and I'd feel kind of good, but I never saw like big changes. I just always felt like I was just trying to stay in my happy range, you know? Mm-hmm. And this was the first thing that felt totally different to me because it was, I ne- like I said, I never counted calories, but it was like nothing was like eliminated. There was no like list of like foods you could eat or couldn't eat technically, um, just like a really different approach. And... I started with the coach and I was super strict, like I told you. And I don't really, I get questions a lot of times from people who are like, but how do you stay motivated when, or how do you, you know, whatever. And I, I can't even, I can't even like, I feel like I can't even help because it's just like a mindset, right? Like right now I'm not in it. I can't get there again, it seems like. But at the time it was really exciting to me because I saw results like so quickly mm-hmm. and I just was like, just nailing it. it just felt very like well, these are my numbers this is what I'm supposed to do if I'm gonna do this thing that's the only way to do it you, you know it's like that's the black and white is you hit your numbers or if you're going over or whatever you're not anyway so I, so we should assume yes. that somebody who's listening to this has absolutely know, no right. idea what counting macros is so give us like the okay. like real the condensed version of like what that even is so it's just pretty much a more complicated version of counting calories Your macros stands for macronutrients, which are your carbohydrates, fat, and protein. So you are counting each day how much of of each of those things you eat in grams. And you do that by way of a tracking app like MyFitnessPal. So it seems insane at first because you're like, how on earth would I track this salad that somebody gave me with dressing on it? I don't have a scale. I don't, you know, all those things. So that is impossible at first. At first, you, like, have to eat really basic and simple at home, and you're literally, you know, building something on top of your kitchen scale, and you're weighing in grams, ideally, how much of each ingredient you're getting, and you are searching them all in MyFitnessPal and logging them in your diary, and at the end of the day, it tells you where you're at. And if you really want to make it easy, you know, you set your goals in there, and you're trying to zero them out, and you Ideally, you plan ahead the day before, you log everything you're going to eat, and that sounds crazy when you've never done it because you're like, I eat what's in front of me. I eat right. what's in my purse when I'm busy and hungry, and that's, that's I feel like, where you end up when you have to sustain something. But in the beginning, if you have a goal and you really want it to work, just like people do really complicated things to be vegan or vegetarian or even eat paleo or whatever and have to like I clear some stuff out. And make life a little bit more complicated. It's the same. It's more complicated at first, but then it becomes easier. Um, okay. Did that was that yes. general enough about what yes. counting is? That's um, awesome. Yeah. Okay. So you were liking this, and you felt like, okay, I'm going to share kind of what my results are, or what my yeah. What so I'm I just eating. so I think I was just yeah a super like my endorphins were crazy. I was just so excited that this was working. I was like just seeing like fat loss really quickly that I'd never seen before, like kind of like a new layer that I'd never seen come off, you know? So it was Mm -hmm. like a new thing and really enjoying my food. So that's what was so mind-blowing is I wasn't like – it like usually I have that really fragile feeling. I remember – I can still remember my sister once calling me from Costco and being like – because she was doing like South Beach or Paleo or one of those. And she was like, I'm just looking at this like – bag of chocolate-covered almonds thinking, like, am I seriously never going to eat this again? This is right. so depressing. <laughs> like, no, you know. Everything just felt like you were always, just, like, at this tipping point of how much longer can I eat this way because it's bumming me out. I really want to be able to eat that or whatever. Yeah. And and for sure in the beginning, I ate some weird things and some really basic things, but it just didn't take long for me before I was, like, getting creative and discovering, oh my gosh, I'm eating this giant lunch where before I'd always kind of felt like, like I was constantly trying to like eat really light during the day because I wanted to eat a nice meal with my family at dinner. And it was, so it was new to me to even feel like I could make this big, beautiful lunch and feel really confident that it wasn't a mistake or going to make me feel yucky or make me feel. Going to undo all your progress. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I need to interject, like just talking about this topic makes me feel like because we're on the topic, like I'm like implying that it's like the most important thing in the world. 
and just I just feel like I need to put that in there that it's not. <laughs> and I don't think that what you eat for lunch should consume you or wreck your day or whatever. But I'm just saying as a woman and as a mom, like super busy, so many more important things in life. But it's nice when you feel like different areas of your life get kind of managed, you know. And so it's just one of those areas we care about. It's more comfortable to throw on jeans and a T-shirt when you feel like a little bit more comfortable in your body. And right. that makes life a little bit more convenient when I feel like, you know, it's going smoothly. Yeah. So that's well, what this helps me do. And I can totally relate with that, too, because I feel like, well, just for me, as I've gotten old, like the older I get, the harder it is to, you know, be back to what I want to be after mm-hmm. I've like had a baby and this time was the most challenging for sure. And ironically, it was the only pregnancy that I worked out through the whole pregnancy. And yet after I had my third baby, I was like, this is super hard, mm-hmm. super hard to work out when you have three kids. And then the eating thing was just like, we had tried last year to eat some whole 30 meals. And after every one of them, I felt like And this is probably, I probably was just doing it wrong. But after Mm -hmm. every one of them, I felt like I was still starving, first Mm -hmm. of all. And second of all, I was like, this is gross food. Uh And I come from a family where we value (laughs) food Uh so much. And we love, I I feel like that's one of the reasons why I was really drawn to you Mm -hmm. and following you and following along in your journey and your recipes. It's like, Brooke and I, my sister and I were like, I think she really cares about food Mm. tasting good, which we loved. (laughs) So that's kind of been my experience too with counting macros is like, oh, you can still eat food that's tastes really good Mm -hmm. and not feel like I'm starving myself or I'm eating gross food and trying to fill up on things that don't even taste good to me. Totally. Yeah. I'm with you for sure. I was raised in a family that loved food. I feel like just even as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We can't party over alcohol. We party over food. So so every get-together was about food. And I feel like we've been criticized for the same thing. I've heard criticism about that, that, like, there's so much focus on food. But that's another thing that I just feel like I don't feel sorry about that. Like, there's, there's like, a mentality. I've put this in my cookbook where I feel like some people really feel like food should be just – if you care about fitness or whatever, like it should just be fuel. We should like eat to live, not live to eat, right? Like there's that mm-hmm. mentality. And I, I just feel like I wrote that off a while ago. Like I just – it's not how I feel. So I'm not going to try to like adopt that. To me, food like makes me really happy. I feel like it can bring like a lot of joy. And like I want my kids to love and appreciate good quality food. And I feel like appreciating like the taste of good food – helps you develop good taste buds for for healthy food too because if you don't care that's when you just eat convenient like junk food you know yes that's so true and I I've my mom and I have talked a lot about that about how important it is to get your kids to eat like foods that are whole and healthy and real food not just like it's so easy and like we're totally guilty of this it's so easy to break out like a little easy mac and be like here you go because the kid will eat that every time but it's a lot more work and it's a lot more like trial and error to try to put greens in front of them mm-hmm. and see like how creatively you can – like our kids will devour broccoli. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's because I've tried to like constantly incorporate that into mm-hmm. like every night they're eating some type of green with whatever yeah. main dish and um, giving them like little sugar snap peas to snack on and things right. like that. It's It takes a lot more thought and effort with kids too. And but- they're going to refuse it sometimes but like – you know, to give them the option. I know. I feel like for my mindset with my kids is I don't even try anymore to, like, make sure they eat the produce at the table. I just – the rule is just, like, what I provide for dinner, you eat from that. So if they eat only the chips at the table when we're having Mexican food, like, technically, that's okay. I'm just not going to go to the fridge and make you pasta because that's the only thing you want tonight, you know? Right. And what then about I figure cereal? over time – are like, they allowed to, like, go get cereal instead? Uh-uh. Yeah, me neither. No. It's, like, whatever's <laughs> provided at the dinner table. So if you choose not to eat the vegetable or even the protein, like, I'm not going to lie. I try. I, like, really try to push it, and I do get, like, annoyed. But technically, as long as they're eating from the food I'm providing for dinner, then I feel like they'll eventually reach for more variety. They're seeing it. They're not allowed to always just go grab, yeah, cereal or whatever, you know. Or, like, a bar. I mean, that's our kids' go-to. They want a bar totally. like 30 minutes before dinner. And I'm like, no, totally. I made I you this dinner. I know. But that's really interesting. We'll have to try more of that. That's a like I hadn't thought of that. Like, okay, here's here's what you're being offered. So yeah. take from it what you want. Yeah. 
That's cool. I like that. Do you feel like with your like with macros counting? Let's talk about. Do you feel like it's easier or harder with a family and with kids? Like, how has that experience been for you? I mean, I'm sure that it's harder. I'm sure it'd be easier, you know, without kids to just be able to really like make perfect meals for yourself. And then you would never have to accidentally eat six goldfish because they're in your hand, you know? I mean, there's so many times where I'm like, this would be so much easier if there was no famous Amos around ever. But there are. Like, I am I want my kids to eat healthy, but, like, we're totally normal, too. And there's so much crap in our pantry, you know? Because, yeah. But I don't feel like everything has to be just from the earth for my kids. Or we're really normal. There's a wide variety. I like treats. So there's no part of me that feels like... My kids should not be able to eat treats, you know. Yeah. I just feel like they need variety. But um, but I think that makes it a lot harder having that stuff in the house. And for some people, that's a deal killer, and they need to not have lots of different trigger foods in the house. I just It's just one more thing I have to count when I eat it, you know. Yeah. And that's where counting macros is, is I mean, you could say it's awful, but it's amazing, is you just really learn the value of foods, and you learn, like, is it really worth having – seven of your carbs or whatever in this, like, split second of a Famous Amos. I I recently just bought Famous Amos, so this is in my mind. <laughs> it's we on your, usually, yeah. We don't usually have them. But, but was it worth it or would it have been more worth it if I had topped my rice cake and been able to eat this little snack for, like, a few minutes? I'm all yeah. about, like, time eating, too. I really, like, enjoy the process of eating. So if something is, like, goes down really fast and it's mindless, you slowly start to learn if you actually – actually pay attention and track it this is the benefit of tracking you just learn is it worth it or not you know you can't like totally turn a blind eye to it if you want well and I I think it's I think it is such a good thing it's been such a good thing for me I can only speak from my own experience but it does make me consider just like you're saying each thing that I'm putting into my mouth like is this what I want to spend my calories Mm -hmm. on like is this something that and I feel like my sister Brooke from Female Foodie is so good at this Mm -hmm. because she will say, like, if I don't love something, I don't feel like I need to finish it. I don't yeah. need to eat the whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, she eats out a lot, but she – because that's her business. But amazing. Um, <laughs> right? Like, everyone – that's, like, my dream. Like, oh, just – I know. Just go eat at all the fun places. Totally. And sometimes I'll tag along with her and, like, live a little bit of the dream with her. It's pretty fun if we, like, go on a trip. But anyway, oh, so that's a total side note. But, you know, I – I feel like with macros, I have been better about, even yesterday, like I had a little lemonade and I was like, I have no idea how to track this first of all, mm-hmm. but but I'm going to enjoy it because I'm in Palm Springs and this is the first lemonade I've had since January, since we started counting macros. Yeah. But, good. you know, good for you. yeah, it's a good <laughs> thing because we're like on this trip and it was fun and it was just kind of like an in the moment thing. But before I was counting macros, I, I look at it instead of like, oh, now I look at that as a thing that I have to track. I'm like, no, before I started doing this, I would just have lemonade and not think twice about it. Mm-hmm. Or I would have just anything in front of me right. and always just be like, well, this looks good or this looks right. like it's going to be yummy and just not even. Yeah. That was never a part of like my mindset of, you know, are these foods good for me? Is it going to fuel me? Is it going to make me feel good? Right. And that's so. where the sustainability comes in. Yeah. It's like you don't want your trip being ruined by trying to calculate these things. So that's fine. You know, you like yeah. let that go. And yeah, you just you just appreciate that you still have a little bit more wisdom in your like nutrition arsenal to help you make like slightly better choices, even if it's just, yeah, not finishing a burger that's like not that good or eating your burger, but like not eating the fries or eating, you know, it's like those little things that you're like, oh, that actually makes a huge difference. The huge thing for me was like not doing that whole like off and on thing. Like mm-hmm. I'm just gonna, oh, I can't track anyway. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go off for this it. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you can just, that's when you can totally sabotage yourself where eating a, a hamburger or drinking a lemonade is not sabotage. It's just your meal. So, like, and especially on a trip, I mean, if we're talking macros, this macro breakdown, another little back to 101. It's so much just about the calories. Besides that, it's really just about getting a sufficient amount of protein so that when you're losing body fat, you're hopefully losing mostly body fat and not your muscle. So the the protein just helps just to like retain the muscle. And then if you're trying to bulk or anything, it helps you to grow muscle. But if you're off for one weekend and you're just staying like pretty reasonable with your calories and you're not hitting your protein, 
nothing's going to change. You're just holding tight, you know, it's just fine. So for sure, that's where I default all the time when it's not reasonable to track is just trying to be, be like smart and stay within a reasonable calorie range to, to avoid like gaining. And you still might come home and see like a little bit of water weight on the scale because you had more carbohydrates that weekend or whatever. But that's where you got to like not let it get to you because you didn't really do that much damage. You know? Yeah. Anyway. Well, one of the things that I really loved when I started following you, and by the way, I don't think we've even shouted out your handle. Your handle on Instagram is Lily Loves Macros, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. your blog name is? Lily Eats and Tells. Okay. Lily Eats Weird, and Tells dot com. Uh-huh. Okay. I really struggled with that. If I I've given you a lot of traffic to your site because you. every night I'm like, I got to pull up my like Proyo recipe. (laughs) So I want to talk about that for a minute because one of the things I loved about you when I found you through Brooke was that you're like, oh, and I pre-log my dessert every day because I always get my dessert. And that was one of the things with like, quote unquote, dieting, which Mm -hmm. I still don't even feel like this is dieting. Totally. But I was like, I I could never do a Whole30 because I like – I love having some kind of treat at the end of the day. Like, I live for that. Same. And I know that probably sounds awful, mm. but, mm. like, I don't drink a glass of wine when my kids go to bed. Right. I, like, go get myself a treat and sit and, like, decompress for totally. an hour before, you know, because it's, like. Yeah. It's so important to me. It just, <laughs> yeah. It's just, like, my little happy place. And I wasn't ready to give that up. And so I loved that. Um when I found you and found your little pro-yo thing, I was like, oh, that looks good, and mm-hmm. tried it and was like, yes, this is amazing, and I need the spoon. Yeah. <laughs> you got it, right? I finally got the spoon. Yes, she has, like, a whole breakdown of all the things that she bought on Amazon, and I bought it all except the spoon, and I messaged Lily, and I was like, okay, I tried it. It was amazing. I held back on the spoon. I decided to, like, <laughs> not, you know, have, like, self-control with that, and you were like, you need the spoon. Need and I was spoon. like, okay, I need the spoon. So I finally bought the spoon Every on Amazon. I'm like, this is – like, I've loved it since the beginning, but I went through a phase in a bowl, and it wasn't as good. It's, like, in that big cup and with the long spoon. Just forget it. Just and I've gone through phases. It. It's been, like, in the beginning, people who have been following for a while, I used to always post this Mighty Muffin Sunday that I would have every night. And it wasn't low calorie. Like, that's the thing, too, is there's phases of macros where you're not necessarily even skimping because if you're not trying to lose, if you're just trying to maintain – you're eating a lot more food. So there was a long phase where I was just trying to maintain and I was eating like 2,300 calories a day. So I was just fine having the 600 calorie. It was my biggest meal of the day. It was always dessert. That's amazing. <laughs> and I would always have it locked in there, 600 calories of like ice cream and this protein brownie thing. Like obsessed. Yeah. I just think Love it. like you should never have to go without if you don't want to. Yeah. And that's kind of the beauty too of doing the macros is you can kind of, it's almost like a Tetris, yeah, right? Totally. Of like moving things around and yeah, so, just figure out where you value it, you know. So how did you – I feel like you are one of the few that I found that, like, talks about that instead of just, like, let's just eat all the healthiest things that we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Was that something you just came up with on your own or – No. I mean, it's definitely – okay, so when I started macro counting, there's a whole culture of, like, the – they I feel like IIFYM, if you see, if it fits your macros, that acronym, or flexible dieting – same thing as macro counting, but for whatever reason, that seems to pull up a lot more of the, like, where it started kind of. Um, and their focus was all about, about like, you can eat Pop-Tarts and you can eat sugar cereal and it all fits your <laughs> macros. And so it's funny because in some ways that's exactly what I'm saying is, like, oh, my gosh, you can have sweets if you want them. But I was also kind of appalled in the beginning because that's what I would see when I would look up macro-friendly meals was, like, this protein cake with like protein frosting and like like Twix or what's the cereal that's all sugary not tricks <laughs> tricks or like lucky charms poured on top like the weird just super gross stuff just so gross so gross <laughs> so weird so weird probably mostly like men you know like like male macro counters that are like bachelors and like this is like how they're getting their protein and anyway yeah not how eating like 3,000 calories a day totally and they're like look I could do it with donuts and it was all about donuts because it was the point was like you can eat whatever technically yeah well so when you're first counting macros and you're trying to shed fat your calories are low so no you eat a donut you're going to be really hungry the rest of the day so it's not a great choice to eat a donut but everybody's telling you you can eat donuts and count macros so that was actually like a frustrating thing to me in the beginning is I was like kind of trying to fit like these protein bars everybody was posting like I post G2G bars all the time I love them but I also feel like I constantly need to remind people they're high in fat if it's really Mm -hmm. hard for you to stand to your fat like 
you don't want to be eating these. It's going to be hard. But for me, I ended up getting really good at eating my meals really low fat. And I'm really hooked on these GTG bars. So it's worth it. I like to spend my fat there. And it's like, it doesn't seem like a big deal now. Anyway, but when you're first starting and I'm seeing all these things people are insisting you can eat and I'm thinking like, this does not fit good. I can eat that, but I'll be hungry. And I don't want to eat this disgusting like protein Pop-Tart or whatever. So I guess my point is the idea was definitely there that you don't have to eat like all healthy food to count macros. But for me, it was kind of a blend of that world and then actually beautiful whole foods that I love to eat and that I love to look at and kind of mashing those together. That was sort of my mission, I feel like, was marrying macro counting and, like, pinch of yum and half-baked harvest, like, these blogs that I love to, like, pour over their food or, like, plant-based food. I don't Mm -hmm. eat plant-based by any means. My sister eats plant-based, and I love and am inspired by those meals because they're still so – they're so focused on, like, the vegetables. And that's always going to be a win. Like, you don't have to fill up on vegetables with macro counting, but, like, why wouldn't you want to? To me, it's like they make everything taste good. They make you feel good, and you can get so much more food when it's piled high with vegetables. So for me, it's like this natural thing to make things like sort of quote-unquote healthy because it's what I love, and then it leaves room for the treat, you know? Yeah. like it always goes back to like what we've learned in elementary school like the food pyramid is like if you're eating you know most of that I don't know right. I don't know a lot about nutrition yeah. but I feel like oftentimes a lot of this like good nutrition and if you're eating well you're eating those same things like the, just the basics that we were taught right. when we were kids and what's funny is I remember um I don't know if this seems like a tangent but I remember at BYU learning from my food science nutrition class that pizza was nutritious and being like, what? Like, that can't be, you know? Like, my mind was blown. It didn't make sense to me how she could call it nutritious. But the whole point was, like, here's the nutrients. It has carbs. It has fats. It has protein. It has this ratio of it. This is considered nutritious. You know, something that is not nutritious is something just void of nutrients. So it's sort of like I went backwards to that simple mindset of, like, let's stop saying, like, white bread is evil Because it's not like, or the crust of a pizza. It's not. It's just carbohydrates. You can get more nutrients from something whole grain, but I can also get a lot of nutrients in all those veggies I eat all day. So I'm not personally terribly worried if I skip the ones in the whole grain bread. Guess what? Lots of people aren't eating bread at all. So they're not getting nutrients from that whole grain bread either. So if I just eat white bread instead, I have room for those carbs. So it's fine for me. You know what I mean? Or it's fine to me. That's kind of how I view it now. It's like... And counting macros that makes you, like, aware of all the nutrients you are getting. So you make the call where where you want to be super whole or not, you know. Yeah. Sorry, that's kind of a tangent. No, it's not a tangent <laughs> at all. It's really helpful. It's I feel like I'm learning so much. So what do you feel like people – what do you feel like are some of the most um, healthy mindsets that can go into this versus, like, where you feel like people can get off and go kind of the wrong direction and, and where you like to try to – help people to see the healthy mindset of all of this. I mean, I think like anything, you just like really need balance. So I see that it can be like, I I think it could be bad for some people because I know that people, I have learned through my account, through messages from a handful of people that not everybody thinks like me. Obviously, I have to remember there are people that have disordered eating There's also people who have experienced disordered eating through somebody else, and so they're kind of looking for it everywhere and think that everybody's disordered if they're they're watching their food at all. So that's a really tricky balance, I think. Mm -hmm. And I just think you have to know yourself. And there's only so much anybody else can do. But I think for somebody who really struggles with disordered eating, no, they probably shouldn't be counting their macros. They probably should really be trying to, like, be more in tuned with their body and eat intuitively. Maybe. Having said that, I don't know. Maybe I maybe that's absolutely wrong and it's the perfect thing because you could learn what the healthy amount of food is and train yourself to eat that, you know? So 
I just think you have to find a balance. And if you know you're becoming obsessed and it's pulling you away from your family and you're staring at your phone all the time, then maybe that's not the best balance. Having said that, there's a learning curve. And so if it's hard in the beginning, I really think you can reach a point with macro counting or with any kind of like healthy eating. Because you could argue that any healthy eating is like, I don't have time for it. I'm really busy. I'm a mom. But I think that when you find something that works for you, it's worth it. And then you just have to find that balance where it's not the king and it doesn't take precedent over everything. Right. But that you learn how to make it work in your life, you know. That makes so much sense. Tell me about how you started this Instagram account and what what inspired you to be like, okay, I'm loving this. Now I want to share it. Now everybody has to see what I'm eating. That's what it was. It was like, I'm loving what I'm eating. I can't believe this is working. It was like this combination of those two things. I was just every day kind of like floored. I'd make this big lavish pizza and I can remember like standing back to take a picture of it on my cutting board, like how big it is and sending it to like my friends and my sister. Like, can you believe that I get to eat this for lunch? And it's like nothing. Like it's probably so much lighter than the snack I would have had before in the car when I thought I was like being good by kind of not eating a full on lunch, you know, Mm -hmm. now that I'm figuring it out. So I would, I started posting them every once in a while. I would end up posting a picture on my personal Instagram account. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like I was getting annoying because people don't (laughs) want to see that when they think they're going to see like your normal kids or whatever, you know, the people that are following my personal account. So I started this food one and I didn't tell anybody. And I just don't even know why I did it because I didn't want anybody to know. I like thought it was so silly, but I just thought like I need somewhere to put them. I just felt like it needs to be documented that I'm eating this amazing sandwich for lunch every day. And that I'm like feeling leaner than ever and eating this massive sandwich on a huge white bun every day for lunch. It's crazy. I would never, never bought white buns before. Things like that, that were just kind of like a mind shift. And then I just kind of got brave and started like, I think a few people found me and I realized, shoot, I'm not actually secret. Like they can't find you. It wasn't private or maybe it was. And they asked anyway. And then I decided to get brave and kind of like mentioned on my personal account and then just sort of like just little, you know, so it started really small and I think I just was on it. And so naturally then I would every once in a while comment on a friend's or whatever. And so they'd find me that way. Um, and then I don't even remember when it sort of felt like it took off, but it did feel like, whoa, what's happening? It just sort of started growing. And then I felt more commitment to it and wanted to really like, you know, keep posting. And I really wanted people to make the food. I was so excited about what I was eating. I was honestly like, no, no, you need to stop eating chicken and vegetables. Like that sucks. That's really boring. Yeah. And you don't have to. Like, look what you can eat. Now that I've done the numbers and I'm seeing, here's one thing I've learned about myself too. Like I was a math major for a second in college. I didn't continue it, but I really love numbers. I love when things are like quantifiable and you can like, total, it's, it's like not subjective kind of, you know? And so I loved that I could see in my app exactly what every meal was costing. And I really quickly learned like, oh my gosh, yeah, people have no idea. They could eat this and it's the exact same macros as this boring meal that they think they have to eat. So I was like sharing. And it was right when Instagram, I feel like it was pretty soon after Instagram started the swipes where you could have more than one picture. Okay, cool. So I will say I had never seen anybody post a meal and then post the diary from my fitness pal. And I was like, Ross, this is going to help people so much. I would want to see this. Like when I first started, I would really want to see what they're eating, but then exactly how they logged how? in my fitness pal. So yeah. that's where I started and thought like, oh, somebody's really going to need this. And so I would like log the recipe. I didn't really show the recipe. I would just show the meal I ate and then what I how I just logged it. So it wasn't like work. You know, I just snapped my lunch and then like took a screenshot of my diary and that was my share. And then it kind of grew and I realized as people were asking for recipes and as things actually became recipes and not just like a turkey sandwich or a salad with already grilled chicken – um, that I needed somewhere to host the recipes. And that's when I decided, like, I needed to start a blog. And that was hard. But worth it. <laughs> but to me, listening to you talk about that, that's why probably your account grew the way it did is because you came from a place of, like, I just want to help people. and Totally. So many people get that wrong, I feel like. They're, like, when Neil and I will have people come to us and say, hey, can we just, like, can we come over and talk to you about mm-hmm. blogging? And then they'll sit down and say, like, how do I start a blog? to make like how how can mm-hmm. I make money blogging and I'm like well that's your first problem mm-hmm. is if you're just doing this to make money totally. you're not going to get anywhere and so that's really cool that you were like oh this is something that nobody else did for me that would have been so helpful to me mm-hmm. and so I'm going to help people totally and 
And I don't, and I don't want to sound so altruistic because I know that like it's self-motivated just because I it was just gratifying for me. I just really loved it. Yeah. But I had zero idea that there were ways to monetize. So it, I do. I feel blessed that that was not on my radar at all. So there was never any disappointment. I never felt like when am I going to get something from this? I didn't have anything to ask of anybody. You know, if anything. I hated when I did learn, when I finally was appreciating the growth and learning, like, this is cool. I can reach more people. Maybe I can make something with this. And it was still like, I don't know what it'll be, but I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. This is fun. But I did learn that engagement on your Instagram helps the growth. And so I was like, well, I guess I never wanted to care about that. Like, that was so off-putting to me in the beginning. It was so off-putting when I could feel people, like, begging for comments or likes. And so I just swore, like, I'll never do that. That's been... I don't know if that's, sorry, that's a tangent, but that's been hard for me just to kind of have a little business side of it now and think like growth is good. I appreciate growth. And so I know that that engagement like matters, but I still just never want, I just have such a strong memory of how off-putting it was to me when I felt like people were like, don't lurk, leave a comment. It's like, I don't owe you anything. Like this is, you've chosen to put this out there, you know? So yeah. anyway, that's a fine line for me still. That's interesting. Well, I feel like, I feel like the people that are following you and interested in your journey and interested in what you're posting, mm-hmm. I think sometimes people don't even know, like, oh, if I engage, that mm-hmm. helps me to see this person still. It helps them. Exactly. And more and more lately, I'm more interested in making sure that I can serve the people that are already following totally. me or reading my blog versus, like, always trying to just grow, grow, grow. Mm-hmm. And the only way I can continue to serve the people that are following are to is to – keep that engagement high and make sure that we're talking like we're friends. So I always look at engagement as a positive thing. Like I'm still in touch with the people that want, like we're interested in the first place, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's where it's tricky to me is I feel like once I learned that and the way that, because I didn't understand, people were always complaining about the algorithm, but I I just didn't understand anything. It was all just this new thing to me. And I was just putting out what I was putting out. You know, I'd never been good at myself at commenting or liking anybody's pictures. It just wasn't a habit of mine. I've never been on Facebook really. So it just wasn't like I enjoyed Instagram, like seeing my friend's stuff, but that's like the extent of it. I would comment when I like genuinely was like really extra excited about something. But not because I should. You know, that was never like a part of it. Like, oh this would be nice of me to comment or something. So it's been interesting for me once I sort of understood the algorithm and learned, yeah, if like these people seem like they want to know this stuff. I think they do. And they won't see it unless they engage. And so I do want to, like, encourage that engagement. But it's just a tricky balance for me because I don't ever want – just because my point is it is – it does feel really genuine to me. I do really love the people that do interact. Like, I feel like it's hard to understand that when you don't do it. I really feel like I've made tons of friends on there, you know? And if you feel really genuine, and I I told you this in a text yesterday, but I was in a mastermind um, a few weeks ago, and we were talking about – people who are doing it right. Like this, you know, these are some people that are just doing it right. They're really connecting with people online in a way that feels real. And your name came up because I I had never met you, but I felt like just through your stories and who you are and what you share, and it's not like you're sharing your whole life. It's not like you're sharing a lot about your personal life at all, Mm -hmm. but you're just in the talking about macros and what you love about that, where your struggles have been, what how you've solved some of these problems that so many women are trying to figure out how to solve, you just feel like a real person. You feel like somebody that I would just, you know, meet at my kid's school or meet at church or meet on, you know, in the neighborhood and hang out with. So you're doing a really great job. And I think that people can feel that when they find you. And so I think. Thank you. It's like the authenticity is coming out. Thank you. (laughs) You're doing an amazing job. Okay, I want to go back to what we talked also a little bit before this conversation about um, some of the, like, real trends that are going on right now with, like, people will talk about intuitive eating. They'll mm-hmm. talk about um, – I don't even know all of them because this isn't my, like, real right. expertise. But I want you to talk about, like, what feels good to you and what you feel, like, passionate about, I guess. Yeah. Um, like, there was a stint, I feel like, where I got a little nervous, like – wait, is this getting viewed, is macro counting being viewed as, like, this bad thing? Like, am I, do people feel like I'm promoting something or encouraging something that's, like, 
not helping women feel happy and healthy and all those things that I want I want to feel and I certainly would want my friends to feel and I feel like all these people are my friends, you know. So it's definitely not my goal, but there is this whole there's a, a really strong focus at least on like through Instagram on intuitive eating. And um I totally respect it. My sister read the book and really like loved that for like loved it for a little while and then it didn't really work out for her. In theory, I think it's wonderful. We should be in tune with our bodies. We should be able to trust what we eat and all those things. And so there's nothing that I disagree with. But I do feel like with that mentality can come this real like kind of demonization of the diet culture. And that incorporates everything. Everything that everything that could be considered a diet. Even like I think you would even consider like plant-based eating, which is now what my sister's doing. Anything that kind of like tells you what you should or should not eat and how much or just the focus on it, you know? So anyway, I understand and really respect not making your body the focus of your life and all of that by mm-hmm. all means. But I also think like we all have different interests. There's a million different hobbies and things to like get excited about. And a lot of people have fitness or nutrition as a hobby. And I just don't see how, um, you know, how anybody should make that into a bad thing. I think, again, you have to find balance in your own life. But if you're interested in achieving certain goals at the gym aesthetically or being able to lift a certain amount of weight or whatever it is, um, I think you should be able to reach those goals if you want. And if there are methods to help you get there, then you probably want to find the one that works for you. So I just think it can be tricky because, again, I think everybody should be able to feel like happy and healthy. And if doing any kind of diet makes you feel consumed and unhappy, like by all means, don't do it. Just like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I was having this conversation with my sister as she was reading Intuitive Eating because she had lots of good things to say about it, but she's so easy to talk to about it too and agreed on these fronts. I was like, I don't have any interest in, I'm going to try to think of something great, scrapbooking. Um, (laughs) Me neither. You know, but, but... If someone else did, um, oh, this is going to be a horrible analogy. No, that's a perfect analogy because it doesn't make them a bad person. Yeah. I have friends who, like, they love that. Or, like, Bunko, I've never played Bunko, no. but I have <laughs> friends that love to get together and play Bunko, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Or, you know what, even my home. I used to prioritize decorating my home a lot more, and that's kind of fallen for me right now. It's not a priority. Plenty of people will spend a lot of time and money and resources on decorating their home. That's great. Like, if that makes them happy, even for a phase or forever, like, if that makes them happy and they can still balance all the things that matter, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But for me, if I spend tons of money and time and resources on my home, it's pulling from things that matter more to me Mm -hmm. right now. So I just feel like everybody has their values and their priorities, and we're not all perfect, and all of our time is not being spent on bettering ourselves and serving in church and only being a mom. We, We are doing other things with our time. So... You know, I just think you choose what those extra things are that are filling in the sidebar of your day and your brain. And if that is fitness and nutrition, I just don't see where that's a bad thing for some people, you know. And I think finding the method that gives you the most success so you can actually feel in control of it, can then it can just consume you so much less because you can kind of feel like you master it, which is awesome, you know. And that is really cool. I do love the idea of mastering something. So I feel like I've gotten a lot of questions over the years about you and I are both members of the same church, mm-hmm. which you mentioned a minute ago, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I feel like a lot of times people will ask me questions about, like, why don't you guys do certain things? Like, you don't drink or you don't smoke or you don't— marijuana is a big, like, hot-button mm-hmm. topic right now, things like that. And I feel like, well, first of all, the reason why we don't do a lot of those things is because we have kind of this, like, code of health that we live by. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's looked at in kind of a restrictive way. But from everything I'm hearing from you is more of like a, let's look at positively like what we can put into our bodies and how we can Mm -hmm. track what we're eating and see that we're fueling our bodies in the right way and eating things that are still delicious but good for us. And I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Because I feel like you're just doing it right. Like you're nailing it in a way that is like easy to track and doable but in like a positive way. Thank you. I mean, that's a good question because I have had people ask before. I When I opened up some questions about the church, I had somebody ask or a couple people ask, was your interest in health in health and healthy food um, because of the church or was it 
you know, did it come on later? And again, I feel like a lot of people in the macro world, there was like this reckoning or like this moment as an adult where they learned how to eat healthy. And that's definitely not how I feel. I feel like I was raised eating healthy foods and treats and sometimes Mm -hmm. like canned nacho cheese. Like I remember we joked (laughs) that like we all got fat for a season because my dad got all this free like giant cans of nacho cheese. I didn't even know that was a thing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So gross. So gross. But I mean, obviously I was raised in a a Latter-day Saint family and, you know, again, the focus was like you don't drink at get-togethers and parties, but we definitely, like, provided lots of food. So I just think it was always about nutritious foods. It wasn't anything obsessive. We were never doing – there was never things eliminated or, you know, anything like that. But I think generally the word of wisdom just teaches you to care about what's going in your body, that it matters, and that your body is a temple. I believe that my body is, like, really important, that I was given it to enjoy this life and – and I'm expected to treat it right, you know. In fact, so half of my family is actually not active in the church. And one of my sisters, that when I was saying before there's been, like, criticism, I'm actually thinking of her. I wonder if she'll ever listen. But she has criticized the church for that reason, that, like, okay, you have all these rules that you can't have alcohol and whatnot, but then you take these disgusting potato casseroles to parties with, like, all this fried onion on top or whatever, you know, like, mm-hmm. where's the logic? So I understand that, too. I think we just have a responsibility to make the best choices we can. We're not perfect. And, again, like, I mean, I already admitted that we have plenty of junk in our home that's, like, we could keep our pantry a lot cleaner or whatever for our kids. But I think learning how to navigate, like, real life and real food and learning how to make good choices and just for the right reason, like, actually caring how your body feels and feeling, like, blessed that you were given this body. It just kind of matters you know, that it comes from the right source. Yes. And not just because you want to look good in a bathing suit, that's for sure, you know, but you actually, like, care. It's going to it's gonna last you forever, you know. It just matters. <laughs> so good. That was so good. And exactly what I was feeling like but couldn't put into the words that you did. So thank you for that. You're welcome. I loved it. How do you feel like the easiest way for people to get – if people are listening to this and they're like, yeah, that sounds like something that's doable. Like, I think I could do that. How – how do people get started in like the most simple way where they won't get overwhelmed, where they won't feel like quitting on, I did Whole30 for like three hours. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like how do people do this and feel like, okay, I'm doing something that feels good and is good for my body and I'm paying attention to what I'm eating. So it's, I mean, I constantly get this question on my Instagram, like where would I start? Mm -hmm. Where, Where do I get my numbers? And I want, I kind of feel like there's so many resources. I feel like you really could do it on your own. And I don't ever want to tell somebody to go spend money if they don't have to or if that's not in the cards. Because I never, I will say, before this, I had never considered paying for personal training. I'm cheap. Like, I'm just not interested in looking for ways to spend Spend money. money. I'm usually like, I can do that. I can do that. You know, I, I can figure that out. So this was really rare for me. And I feel so grateful personally because I think... Just this whole journey for me has been really fun and really, like, more than just my, like, health and what I'm eating, but also, like, on the business side of it, it's been really fun and exciting to have this other venture and hobby and all these new friends I'm making and all of that. But I attribute a lot of it to the fact that I did use a coach in the beginning, and it, it just got me so dialed in. Like, it was so – I did it so accurately, and I don't know that I could have done that without a coach. So – If you really wanted to go all the way, I'd say find a good coach. But without that, there's a lot of online calculators. You would want to figure out a good macro breakdown for yourself. I don't want to feel like I'm promoting, like, my book, but I do have – Promote your book. It's awesome. So I have a cookbook, and at the end of the cookbook, I did put in a little section, like, Macros 101, that just sort of goes through what macro counting means and is and how you log and how you would calculate your own numbers. So that's kind of, like, the basic formula – that I use because my coach, of course, set it up for me, like calculated mine in the beginning. And then I went through a, a reverse diet with her, which is going to bring up a lot of questions. But just the very quick version of that is once you've been cutting and trying to shed fat, you don't want to stay, you don't want to keep your calories really low forever. Again, this is actually like a really important part of macro counting that I, I worry a lot of people ignore. The whole point is not to be dieting forever. 
you are dieting when your calories are low, right? As much as we don't want to use the word diet. But when you're cutting, quote unquote, or dieting, your mm-hmm. calories are cut back so that you're in a deficit. So you're losing, hopefully, body fat. Protein kept high so that you're hopefully retaining muscle. Once you reach a point where you're happy or once you just sort of reach, you've been dieting too long and you need a break, which is totally a legitimate reason to stop. Instead of saying, I'm over it, and then you go blow it, and you gain everything back and more because your body adapted to these lower calories, so you just totally shoot yourself in the foot, which is why people cycle through this way, right? So to avoid that, you reverse diet, which means you slowly add back in carbs and fat, mostly carbs, until your calories are high enough that you're at like a maintenance point. And that's pretty much done by trial and error. You're kind of just experiment, experimenting, adding 100 calories a week or so until you reach a point where you might see the scale tip and you're trying to stay right there. So the point of all that is, yeah, then that's so much more sustainable because you're not hungry all the time. You're eating it like a good amount to maintain. You're not trying to lose. So what was so great for me is I was got, I went through a whole reverse with the coach Otherwise, I worry people never learn about the reverse. And I think that's where the magic is. Like, it's not magic mm. if you feel like you have to eat 1,300 calories a day for the rest of your life. Then you will fail unless you are a super, super kind of obsessive, disciplined eater and want to be hungry all the time. Otherwise, you'll fail. And so it's really important to learn that there's an end in sight and then you can reverse up and yet you're not off whole 30 and now not doing anything. Instead, you're still counting macros. You're just maintaining with a lot more food and then it feels like you can do it forever so you could get a coach or you can just you know find an online calculator and kind of go with that or in the back of my book or reach out to people on instagram and see what you can get and once you've got some numbers set you download my fitness pal or some tracking app you put in your goals takes a little bit of learning of course to learn the app and then you track your food and it starts like hard because you're figuring out how to track food. But once you get over the learning curve, it can just get so much easier. And I do genuinely feel like the recipes on my blog, you don't have to buy the book. There's lots of recipes on my blog too, can help a ton because the macros are all in my fitness pal. And that's one of the hardest things is even if you eat really good, you're like, but now I have what to did I how just to track eat? it. Yeah. yeah. So I remember I bought the skinny taste book right away and it's beautiful, but I was still like, I still have to figure out how to add all this, these recipes in. Mm-hmm. Who has time for that? And so I never cooked anything. You know, I still was like, I'll just grill chicken and lay everything on the counter and everybody can build their bowls and I'll build mine. You know, and so that's how we ate for a while. And then anyway, so I feel like it is helpful. The recipes. Well, recipes I'll give you a little want. plug for your recipes. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. Um, is the chicken Devon. How do you say that? Chicken Devon. Devon. Uh-huh. Is that in your yes. – I know it's in the book, but is it on your site it too? It is also on my okay, site. Okay, good, because I would hate to talk about something that people are like, oh, I can't try that out. But yeah. I think that was one of the first recipes I made because my kids love chicken broccoli rice. That's what they call it. Yeah. You know? And I've always made it with like dumping out cans right. of like cream of chicken soup right. and like, you know, putting mayonnaise in there uh-huh. and mm, just kind of like dumping it all uh-huh. in and not really tra- – like not even like – Keeping track of how much, just kind of like a little of this, a little of that, you know, dump a bunch of cheese in it Mm -hmm. and call it good. And my kids just devoured (laughs) that. And so they asked for it just after I started counting macros. And I was like, well, shoot, I don't know how to make that for you anymore. And and so I think I just like made it and then made myself some kind of like what you're saying, like some lean version of just some chicken and broccoli on the side and without all the stuff all over it. And then when I found yours and made it and was using the cauliflower and it tasted so good, I was like, okay, this is amazing. And my kids ate it. And I felt like I wasn't making two different meals for everyone. So there's a plug for your book. I've loved everything that I've tried. Thank you. It's so awesome. And your recipes are amazing. Thank you. So, Okay. My last question with all of this, like, what's your greatest hope with people who are kind of getting into this? They want to do it. They want to find success. They want to figure something out that worked for you. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you feel like is your, like, big message to the women that are maybe like, okay, how do I, how do I get to where she's at? Well, first of all, I'm certainly not the end goal. <laughs> so let's start with that. <laughs> like, I don't, that's, I mean, in that kind of, it's like what we were talking about before. I don't feel like – I feel like from the beginning I was like, I don't ever want this to be like a fitness page because mm-hmm. I'm all over the place. And sometimes like in the beginning I'm going to be super strict and I really liked my results. And sometimes I'm really busy and it's not the priority. And so it does fall a little bit and I'm not as lean or I, I'm not 
working out as hard in the gym because I was really busy making my cookbook and realized this is interesting. It's like the same thing. It's macros, but my focus, my obsession is now on creating this book. I kept telling Ross, this is going to be really funny if I'm like put on a bunch of weight trying to help people like lose weight kind of, you know, (laughs) or help people eat healthy. No, but, and let me just interject too that I've always loved that, and I, there's nothing wrong with this, but I've loved that you're using beautiful food and food that tastes really good, but yet is healthy to draw people in versus look how skinny and ripped I am. And you can look this way too. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but for me personally, right. and I can only speak for myself, that right. that was something that drew me to you. And I loved that about Thank you. you. Thank you. I definitely prefer the food. <laughs> the food. And the, the body is a constantly like moving target, you know, and everybody's are so different. And it can be like, I'm definitely on the receiving end. It can be so discouraging to see like perfection all the time and feel yes. like, okay, I'm still hungry and I'm never going to look like that or whatever. That's yeah. horrible. So yeah, I, and I've had times where I felt great and times where I feel like, no, I'd rather like not run into anybody right now or whatever. And that's going to c- constantly change. And I know myself well enough to know that my family doesn't care if I'm five or 10 pounds up. So like, I'm not always going to care, you know? And I don't, I also, for selfish reasons, I don't want like the public, like, criticism of that, you know, yeah. people, which I understand when somebody is looking at like a stranger online, it's really easy to kind of dissect them. They can dissect my food all they want, but like <laughs> <laughs> my body, I'll just keep tucked away for the most part. Yeah. But, um, not that, and I don't mean that, like, I mean, everybody that it comments or anything is so nice. I love the people that I interact with on there. So I don't, I don't feel like that would happen, but, but I do feel like focusing, like you said, just like focusing on the food part, it's such a huge part of fitness. The nutrition is such a huge part. I don't discount anything that, like, so many fitness Instagrammers are sharing such wonderful workouts. I'm super grateful for those resources. I use a lot of them. But I do feel like um, there was maybe missing, like, there was a hole here. Like, there wasn't as much in the nutrition side of it. And so, you know, I just feel like that's the need that I see and that I'm really comfortable filling and I think food is just really beautiful and really yummy. <laughs> and should be enjoyed. And should be enjoyed. Yes. Yeah. I think that's like for sure. So your big question there, I don't know if I'm not really answering it, but my main hope that if I had to say why I did all of this and for sure, okay, like my husband were here at his office. He's like a really, I'm more like practically minded than him. He's more of like a dreamer and like has big visions and, you know, like is a little bit more sen- like sentimental in a way than me. So I don't always go this way, but it's been fun for me because with this, I really feel like I have a mission. Like, I don't usually feel like that. And I'm, I was thinking about this too. I don't usually, I think the reason this has been so fun for me too, is I'm, I'm kind of naturally like really self-deprecating. I'm happy and confident and I know who I am and all of those important things. But I'm like one of those people where, like, I feel like some people really genuinely believe they're like the smartest person in the room. (laughs) <laughs> I'm definitely the opposite. I'm definitely the kind that's like, I'm going to assume everybody's smarter, like, until they prove otherwise, you know? I've learned that about myself. And so I'm not always like, you're going to want to know this from me. Like, I have some really good information for you. That's just not how I feel usually. But I think this was such, I really had such a passion about this. Like, you can, no, you need to stop eating boring food and feeling like that's the only way to have success. So anyway. My main passion for sure in this category of my life is that I just really want people to know they can make and eat delicious food, not only delicious, but like big. That's important too, because what I would find with macro-friendly recipes is like, sure, if your portion is really small, you can have enchiladas, you can have lasagna. It's just like really small. Yeah. And it's gone in You can have two bites. Yeah. That's not okay with me. Like it's the whole experience. I want to have a food experience. I want it to be tasty, but I want it to be voluminous and like last for a while. I want it to be beautiful and aesthetically pleasing and all of those things are important to me. And I want my family to eat it and appreciate it. And I, I want people to know that all those things can happen and it doesn't have to be super complicated and hard. I mean, I sound like I'm like have this golden egg, I think, but I, I kind of think I have a golden egg. Not that I have it, but just that I want to share that that's possible, you know? Yes. All of those things coming together. Because I think that's what really makes success, obviously. It's sustainable if you're happy, and you're happy, like, when you're eating good food. Yes. <laughs> and you feel like, oh, my gosh, I could do this forever, and totally. I feel better than I ever have, and I feel like I'm taking care of my body well. Yeah. Totally. That's really cool. Okay. I just 
feel uplifted. I feel excited. Good. I feel like I can go eat a huge salad. And Good. Eat it. <laughs> feel great about it. Have some lemonade. Um, <laughs> right? Lemonade too. Okay. Tell us where we can find you, where we can find your cookbook, where we can follow you on Instagram, all those things. So on Instagram, I'm at Lily Loves Macros. And my blog, I like did a different title just to confuse everybody, is lilyeatsandtells.com. And I did just create a cookbook that's been, like, the biggest, like, excitement and stress, of, like, for the last, you know, six months or whatever. Um, so that is linked on my Instagram and on my blog. And it's, you know, just full of a bunch of macro-friendly recipes and some other information about macros. And all those recipes are in my fitness pal, so you can log them. So I do, I do genuinely think it's, like, a really helpful resource if you're starting macros. It is. It's been super helpful for me. So thanks so much for coming and taking the time to talk to me and share all these thank you for having me. stories and insights with me. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode. 